Welcome back to our distinctively informative and entertaining podcast, where today we're diving deep into the realms of 3D reconstruction. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we'll dissect a groundbreaking paper titled Reconfusion 3D Reconstruction with Diffusion Priors. Introduction. To comprehend the significance of this paper, we need to explore the concept of neural radiance fields, or NEARFs. They're essentially a way to render photorealistic scenes from a variety of angles. Right, Tom. The issue with current NERF-based methods is they demand a substantial number of input images to accurately construct a scene. This requirement makes capturing a scene laborious, limiting practical applications. Exactly, Jen. This is where reconfusion fits in. It uses what's called a diffusion model trained to predict new views of a scene to regularize the NERF optimization process. In other words, it guides the scene's construction, especially in regions with less information, preserving the appearance of observed regions but filling in the gaps in underobserved ones. The paper's significance stems from how it enhances the robustness of 3D reconstruction, significantly reducing the number of necessary images, a serious leap in 3D imaging tech, core. I'm thrilled to get into the guts of this paper, Tom. So their main aim was to leverage a diffusion model's ability to synthesize views to reinforce the reconstruction pipeline of NERF. The researchers wanted to synthesize realistic textures and geometries, even in those inadequately sampled or entirely unobserved regions, preserving high quality of observed areas. The methodology they used is fascinating. They fine-tuned a diffusion model on various datasets featuring synthetic and real-world scenes, focusing on generating images of a scene from a mix of new angles. One could say they taught the diffusion model to daydream about unobserved parts of a 3D scene. I love that analogy, Tom. Their key findings were impressive. They showed that even when the problem of reconstruction was massively under-constrained, the diffusion prior significantly improved outcomes. They also saw noteworthy quality improvements and a reduction in common artifacts, known as floaters, across a wide array of diversely captured scenes, implications, and applications. The potential impact of these findings on the field of 3D reconstruction is enormous. It suggests the possibility of more accessible 3D capture, democratizing the process for less technical users. It's like giving artists a new, more forgiving canvas, isn't it? Even in the case of sparse and unreliable data, this method can conjure up a plausible and consistent 3D scene. Conclusion. Summing up, this paper demonstrates an innovative way to integrate a diffusion model's prowess with NERF's structural consistency to achieve exceptional 3D reconstructions. It's a potent blend, Jen. Reconfusion offers a way to produce 3D models that make a promise of being high quality and consistent across numerous viewing angles. Our personal reflection on this is simple. It could revolutionize how we capture and render 3D images, providing a boon for industries ranging from virtual reality to medical imaging. And before we sign off, always remember the essence of our podcast. Knowledge is expansive, imagination is boundless, and questioning is the path to discovery. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Keep fusing your curiosity with knowledge and join us next time for another deep dive. Have you ever wanted to teleport yourself to a world created from just a snapshot? Welcome to Presto Sino, where we turn a handful of pictures into your very own 3D universe. 
Using Reconfusion, our super-techie, artsy-smartsy AI, we fill in what's missing. Imagine modeling an entire dragon from just its toenail. Hosting a party? Let's immortalize that one corner of clutter-free living room in glorious 3D for all eternity. And for all you history buffs, we can now reconstruct ancient ruins from that one semi-blurry vacation photo your mom took in 92. So come on down to Prestocino, where we bring the unseen into view and make guessing games out of gaps. Prestocino, because seeing shouldn't always be believing. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to our award-winning podcast, where we decipher the complexities of cutting-edge scientific research and make it all make sense. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into a revolutionary research paper titled GPT-4 Point, a unified framework for point language understanding and generation. It's an absolute game changer in the realm of artificial intelligence and 3D object interaction. Absolutely, Jen. Before we get into the nitty gritty, let's set the stage. Imagine robots that can not only see, but also describe and create objects in 3D. That's the potential impact of this research. It's significant work by an international team from the University of Hong Kong, Fudan University, Shanghai Jiao Tong University, the Chinese University of Hong Kong, and Shanghai AI Laboratory. Right, Tom. At the heart of this research lies a challenge that AI has been grappling with, understanding and generating 3D worlds. Your existing AI, savvy as it may be with texts and 2D images, kind of drops the ball when it comes to the third dimension. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Our episode is packed with insights from explaining how this unified framework actually functions to speculating on its future impacts. We'll unpack the complexities of point clouds, diffusion models, and large language models. And don't worry if you're thinking point clouds. Diffusion what? We'll break down all those complex terms, so even if you're a newbie to this stuff, you'll walk away with a clear understanding. Stay tuned as we embark on a journey through a 3D world made clearer by the power of language. Our conversation will weave through the objectives, methodologies, key findings, and implications of this groundbreaking study. Ready, Jen? Locked and loaded, Tom. Let's lift the curtain on GPT-4 point after a short break. Don't go anywhere. And now, a quick word from our sponsors at Cloudy with a Chance of 3D. Ever wanted to print a cloud? Not the fluffy white ones in the sky, folks. We're talking about 3D point clouds. That's right, Jen. Cloudy with a Chance of 3D is the first company that brings your descriptions to life. Literally. Tell them about your dream guitar, and bam! You get a point cloud model ready for 3D printing in minutes. Want a sculpture of a cactus playing the saxophone? They've got you. How about a coffee mug shaped like your cat? Meow Velis and done. With GPT-4 point technology, the only limit is your wild imagination. And for a limited time, use the promo code FLUFFYCLOUD for a free 3D point cloud of, get this, Tom, a unicorn riding a unicycle. So don't just sit on cloud nine, print it. Visit Cloudy with a Chance of 3D today and turn your cloudy dreams into 3D realities. Disclaimer. Cloudy with a chance of 3D is not responsible for any 3D models gaining sentience. Keep your point clouds happy, folks. And we're back. Welcome to our podcast, where we delve into some of the latest and most exciting research in the world of robotics and AI. That's right, Tom. 
Today, we have a real treat for our listeners, an in-depth look at a very interesting paper titled Imitating Shortest Paths in Simulation Enables Effective Navigation and Manipulation in the Real World. Introduction. To set the scene, let's start with the big picture. Robotics. AI-driven robots have the potential to revolutionize our lives, from household chores to complex industrial tasks. Absolutely, Tom, but there's a catch. Training these robots to interact with the real world is a daunting challenge. That's primarily because they need to operate safely among people and navigate through dynamic environments. This is where this fascinating paper comes in. The authors have proposed a novel robotic agent called Spock, which stands for Shortest Path Oracle Clone, that's trained solely in simulation, but can effectively adapt its skills to the real world. This breakthrough is significant because traditionally, techniques like reinforcement learning required complex reward shaping and human demonstrations, which could be time-consuming and costly. Core. The core of this research lies in its objectives. The team aimed to train a robotic agent that could understand language instructions and perform navigation and object manipulation tasks using only RGB camera inputs, no depth maps, no fancy sensors. And the methodology they've used is equally intriguing. They trained the agent in a simulation environment filled with diverse procedurally generated houses using only imitation learning on heuristic shortest path planners. Now, when it comes to findings, the results are quite striking. The Spock agent demonstrated high success rates in its tasks and showcased behaviors like exploration and obstacle avoidance without ever being explicitly trained to do so. The implications of this are noteworthy. If robotic agents can be effectively trained in simulation and then perform well in the real world, it could lead to faster and more cost-effective robot training. Conclusion. In conclusion, this paper pushes the envelope in embodied AI. The authors have shown that large-scale, diverse simulation training without direct human examples can produce agents that adapt remarkably well to the chaos of the real world. It's a reflection of how advancements in AI are bridging the gap between digital training environments and the unpredictability of real-life tasks. The potential applications of this technology are boundless and certainly worth keeping an eye on. And that wraps up this episode. What are your personal reflections on the paper, Jen? I think it's a game changer, Tom. The simplicity and efficiency of Spock could very well pave the way for the next generation of smart, adaptable robots. And I couldn't agree more, Jen. Listeners, thank you for tuning in, and be sure to check out our podcast for more deep dives into the world of science and technology. See you next time. Are you tired of teaching your robots the difference between a kitchen sink and a potty chair? Have you spent countless hours showing your robo-buddy how to fetch a drink without accidentally watering the plants with orange juice? Introducing SpockBots Inc., the groundbreaking company that's revolutionizing the way robots learn to navigate and manipulate in the real world with zero toilet training required. Our robots are trained in the matrix, uh, I mean, a very realistic simulation. You won't believe they didn't learn their skills in the school of hard knocks or hard floors or walls. SpockBots uses advanced imitation learning techniques. You know how parrots mimic speech? Imagine a parrot that can also make you a sandwich. That's what our bots can do, minus the squawking. They can navigate any obstacle course better than a teenager avoiding chores. Navigate to the TV remote under the couch? Done. 
Fetch the cat without causing a feline apocalypse? Mission accomplished. And they're so adaptable, they can maneuver through your living room like a ballet dancer, tiptoeing around sleeping dogs and Lego minefields with the grace of a gazelle on ice, but, you know, without the slipping. So, why wait? Visit SpockBots.com and get yourself the robot that's been trained virtually to work practically in your reality. SpockBots, Inc. Because teaching a robot to not climb into the dishwasher should be less of your problem and more of ours. Welcome, dear listeners, to another deep dive episode of our educational and engaging podcast, where we untangle complex scientific papers and discover their amazing contributions to our world. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. We're your hosts on this auditory journey of enlightenment. Today's topic is particularly gripping, quite literally, as we delve into the research paper titled Dexterous Functional Grasping. You're in for a real treat, because this paper comes from the brilliant minds at Carnegie Mellon University, including Ananya Agarwal, Shagun Apal, Kenneth Shaw, and Deepak Pathak. So tighten your shoelaces, or should I say flex those fingers, for a gripping episode on robotics. Let's start with the introduction, offering some much-needed context for our in-depth discussion. Introduction. Human hands are marvels of evolution, capable of complex tasks like playing musical instruments, typing up a storm, or engaging in delicate surgical procedures. As we yearn to bestow upon our robotic companions a fraction of our manual dexterity, we come across challenges that push the boundaries of artificial intelligence and robotics. Indeed, one such challenge lies in the realm of functional grasping, teaching robots how to hold diverse tools in a manner that allows them to use these tools effectively. The research paper we're discussing today takes a significant leap in addressing this very challenge with the help of innovative methodologies and large-scale simulations. It proposes a unique approach to the problem, breaking it down into stages that imitate how humans naturally pick up and use objects. It's the seamless integration of perception, reasoning, and control that makes functional grasping such an entrancing ballet of engineering and computer science. The researchers use what's known as a dexterous hand, specifically the low-cost leap hand, to achieve this intricate task. The paper recounts their success in teaching this hand how to pick up and functionally grasp various objects, from hammers to drills and saucepans, by developing a single policy that can be applied across the board. On a scale of one to astonishing, this paper lands a confident high-five for its potential to revolutionize how robots can learn to interact with the physical world. But to truly appreciate its brilliance, we need to understand the key concepts and principles at play. Key concepts and background. Let's talk about the key concepts. The idea of functional grasping isn't just about making a robot close its fingers around an object. It's about ensuring that the grip is functional, that is, it aligns with the intended use of the object. For example, a robot could grab a hammer by any part, the head, the middle, or the handle. But to use it as a hammer, it needs to grip it by the handle. This requires knowledge of tool affordances, or what parts of an object are meant, are meant to interact with the environment in particular ways. Grasping an object for functionality also demands sophisticated control of the robotic hand. This includes not just picking up an object, but repositioning it within the hand to enable the intended use. 
It's where this research leaps from theory to practice by training a robotic hand to understand these affordances and manipulating objects effectively. The broad strokes are impressive, but let's not overlook the nitty-gritty. The vocabulary used in this paper could fill a jargon jar. We have affordance models, reactive policy, simnereal approach, and eigengrasps, to name just a few. Are you tired of robots clumsily trying to grip your precious family heirlooms, only to toss them around like a hot potato? Fear not, because from the dexterous minds at Carnegie Mellon University, we bring you the one, the only, Grip Genie. Yes, Grip Genie, the state-of-the-art robotic hand that doesn't just grasp your everyday items, it understands them. No more hammering nails with a telescope or cooking eggs with a wrench. With our patented affordance model technology, Grip Genie can pick up a paintbrush and actually paint with more finesse than that cousin who claims to be an artist. Screwdrivers, it's on it. Spatulas, flippin' fantastic. It's like giving your toolbox a bachelor's degree in getting stuff done. Grip Genie's blind reactive policy means it can adapt on the fly. So whether you're in a lab or lumberjack camp, this hand's got a grip on the situation. And thanks to our Sim2Real approach, it's trained in a virtual world that's crazier than a shopping mall on Black Friday, ensuring real-world reliability. Order now and we'll throw in not one, not two, but nine dimensions of action-packed, object-specific grappling gusto. Grip Genie, when it needs to be held, but like, properly. Get a grip on life with Grip Genie. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, where today we'll be diving deep into an intriguing topic in the field of machine learning and computer vision. That's right, Tom. Today, we're unraveling the complexities behind the paper describing differences in image sets with natural language. It might sound a bit technical, but stick with us because understanding this research could have major implications across many industries. To start, imagine that we have thousands of images and we need to find out what makes two different sets of these images unique. Manually doing this? Not only would that be a headache, Tom, but it's also practically impossible due to the sheer volume of data. Exactly. And that's where the significance of this paper comes in. The research focuses on automating this process through something they've termed set difference captioning, or SDC for short. Let's break it down a bit. The main goal here is for an AI to look at two big sets of images and generate a natural language description that accurately captures the differences. To make matters even more complex, these image sets aren't your run-of-the-mill small photo albums. We're talking about massive data sets that are used to train machine learning models. So why is this significant, you ask? Well, Understanding the nuances between image sets can help us improve machine learning systems, understand cultural trends, and even gain insights into human cognition. What the researchers at UC Berkeley and Stanford have developed is a two-stage approach involving a proposer and a ranker. Now, I know those terms might sound a bit cryptic, but don't worry, we'll get into what they actually do shortly. At this point, it's crucial to understand that their method, called VizDiff, can deal with SDC in a way that's accurate, efficient, and, quite frankly, revolutionary. Deep diving into the methodology, the paper elaborates on how VizDiff uses large language models to propose candidate descriptions of the differences, which are then validated and ranked by how well they represent the actual differences across the complete image sets. 
And guess what? The results are quite promising. Their algorithm, VizDiff, shows impressive accuracy in identifying the most salient differences. Beyond just the theoretical, the researchers demonstrated VizDiff's real-world utility through various applications. Ever wondered what makes one dataset different from another similar one? Or more pertinently, what changes between different versions of image-generating AI models? It turns out that VizDiff can give us those answers in a comprehensible way. As we tie this up, it's important to reflect on how papers like these push the frontier of what AI can do for us. It isn't just about technology for technology's sake. Indeed, Tom, it's about practical applications, like facilitating better human-AI collaborations, making our systems more transparent, and who knows, maybe even aiding in future discoveries that we haven't even thought of. As we conclude today's episode, we take away not just an understanding of the VizDiff algorithm and the research it represents, but also a broader perspective on the value of such work. Thanks for tuning in to our detailed discussion on this groundbreaking paper. Stay curious, stay informed, and keep exploring the fascinating world where language meets imagery in the realm of AI. Until next time, that's a wrap on our episode. Keep an ear out for more enthralling discussions right here on our podcast. Hey listeners, have you ever been overwhelmed by your vacation photos? Or can't decide between a profile pic of you with your cat or you in Hawaii? Worry no more. Introducing PicPic, the quirky new service born from the genius minds behind the set difference captioning research. PicPic is simple. Just throw two sets of your photos into the mix and voila. Our AI, with a sense of humor as odd as Aunt Gertrude's hat collection, will tell you what sets your photos apart with the descriptions that will have you chuckling. It seems like you have more flamingos than friends, Steve. Or how about, congratulations, you own 17 different striped shirts. And yes, we noticed. Because sometimes you need an AI to tell you you're weirdly obsessed with garden gnomes. Download PicPic today, where our AI doesn't just understand your photos, it roasts them. Thank you.